0: Welcome back to the Basic Training Podcast, everybody. I am your host, Michael Bayes, and thank you for joining me again for another episode of Fun and Frivolity on one of the absolute greatest weeks that you're ever going to know. It is Thanksgiving week, everybody. It's Turkey Day. It's the time of year where we get to celebrate, be with family, uh, get together, have a good meal, see people you haven't seen in a very, very long time, and essentially, completely wreck every single thing you have worked for up until this moment, uh, fitness and diet wise. Um, I just kind of launched all the way into what I was going to say. I I, I don't know if any of you guys uh, know podcasting in general, but I have an immense list of things that I'm sitting in front of that I want to talk about, and I basically just skipped over about two-thirds of it to go ahead and jump into a rant about Thanksgiving. <laughs> so I'm actually going to take a, a small step back from that and say, what we're going to talk about this week really has a lot to do with what we went into last week. And if you haven't had a chance to go listen to last week's show, please uh, check out the website, go back, take a look at that. Last week's show, I initiated a challenge to everybody. Um, As I continued to go through, I called it the Get Fit Before You Get Fat Challenge. And it had a lot to do with the fact that over the next eight weeks, we're entering a time period in which it's very, very difficult to stay on track, to stay on your wagon in order to eat well, to exercise, um, to make wise decisions, and to just essentially do what you've been trying to do well, – I assume you've been trying to do uh, – all year long. I mean, it's uh, the reason I do the show is to to keep people in shape and you know try to direct you in the right way, and I know that it's a struggle for a lot of people, and uh, this time of year is – it's just really, really hard. Um, and, and on last week's show, I, I talked a lot about uh, some of the challenges that I go through. Um, I know you guys think that I live in this magical fitness bubble in which you know all that we have when I go to work every day is – uh, green beans and salad and boiled chicken breast. And it's everywhere. You know, you go to a vending machine and we, uh, we get boiled chicken breasts that get delivered down for a dollar a piece, or, uh, we have magical candy bars made out of nothing but spinach and tofu. That is completely not the case. And, and I took steps last week to upload some of the fun pictures of the foods that I am having to deal with on a daily basis. Uh, a few of the more notable ones were, uh, a couple boxes of honey buns that uh, we have a distributor from Little Debbie. He is a member of the club, a fantastic guy, and he I, I call him Santa Claus all year long because he distributes happiness, and I have a weakness for those things. I still have not touched one of those yet, but uh, they still are in our break room as of right now. That was one of the more notable ones. Uh, another one was a gigantic, I want to say probably about four to four and a half feet by four and a half feet, Double decker chocolate chip cookie with icing that was just randomly on one of the training desks. Uh, one of the uh, one of the trainers at the club. He's getting married uh, this past weekend, or he got married this past weekend, rather, and that was a wedding gift for him. So we're all staring at a gigantic square cookie that we had to deal with all week long as well. So you know, I, I'm just like you guys when it comes to this. When it comes to the food stuff. Anywhere that you go, any break room, if you're a nurse, if you're a teacher, if you're a stay-at-home mom, if you work in a corporate office, anywhere on the planet at this time of year, you're going to be presented with very, very, very hard challenges when it comes to your diet, and so just know that I'm in the in the same boat with you, and, and that's what all of last week's show was, was going through some of those challenges and then throwing the challenge out to you guys to start taking your measures, start paying attention to what you're doing, to get ready for this week in general. This is the first real test of your ability to stay on track with your fitness program. It is Thanksgiving week. On Thursday, today is Monday. On Thursday, you're going to be presented with more food in one day than you could probably eat in a given week and not only that you're going to be expected to possibly eat that on more than one occasion if you're like me i have to do at least two thanksgiving dinners and sometimes on the off chance i'll end up doing three but that's three full and i'm talking it's a full thanksgiving spread it's your casseroles it's your turkey your ham uh, pecan pie it's the sweet rolls it's Pumpkin pie, it's everything. I get that three, two to three times on one given day. Now, I know a lot of you out there are dealing with the exact same thing. So, in, in an effort to not be redundant, because I guarantee you, if you're listening to this show and you're watching the news or reading articles in any kind of magazine, health-related, you're going to be getting this exact same kind of talk. You're going to see the article of what to do when you go out for Thanksgiving. What do you need to eat first? How do you prepare? How do you... Uh, you know, what are the better choices, you know, and eat this or not that kind of thing. I'm going to throw out my tips here in a little bit, but I just want you to know that even though a lot of that information is the same, you need to listen to it. It's a real thing. And the way I'm going to attack my list, it's not going to be about do this less bad thing instead of doing this really bad thing over here. I want you to give it a little more thought than that, if it's possible. I want you to actually pay attention to what you're doing and consciously try to make your Thanksgiving meal a meal. You can make it a good one. You can make great choices, and I guarantee you're still going to be full and you're going to have a good time. But you don't have to eat broccoli casserole because you didn't want to eat the sweet potato, and marshmallow casserole, which is an actual casserole that my grandmother makes, and it's absolutely fantastic. But the idea is that the broccoli casserole and sweet potato marshmallow casserole, they're not different at all. It ceased to be broccoli by about the second step in the ingredients when it comes to that. So don't eat things like that, assuming that you're doing better because it used to have a vegetable that was really good for you at some point. Creating a very good Thanksgiving meal is its a process, but it can be done if you're thinking in the right ways. So, yeah, you know, I'll digress a little bit because I know you, you guys are getting slammed with it. I'm going to go right into my list of, this is how I'm going to attack my personal meal. So if I'm in your shoes, this is what I would do because this is what I am going to do on Thursday. First step. I'm going to exercise early that morning. I'm going to wake up, and I'm going to run a – it's a four-mile run in our city. It's called the Burrow Dash, and I run it every single year. This will be my fourth, third or fourth running, and it's just something fun to do. The race starts at 8 a.m. I get up really early and uh, head out to race day, and it's just it, it's a good thing to get the blood moving. I think there's about two to 3,000 people that participate in this run And it's a great way to start off your Thanksgiving because I don't know if you guys know this, Thanksgiving is just another Thursday. There's nothing truly epic about it other than the fact that at some point during that day, you're going to meet a lot of family, eat some food. So the more mundane and the more in routine you can make this day, the more likely you are to be a little bit more successful, choose a little bit better. So I'm going to get up early. I'm going to run the race. Uh, it shouldn't take more than about an hour or so uh, total from start to finish and talking with everybody. Um, and from that point, I'm going to get in my car, and I'm going to drive. Uh, I'm going to drive to my parents' house, and I'm going to sit down, and I'm going to celebrate Thanksgiving. And what that means to me is I'm going to have my one Thanksgiving meal on a Thursday. Uh, you know, I said I had two or three to do on a given day. The first one's going to be at noon. Mom's going to cook a turkey, and I'm going to go, and I am going to take a look at that. She's always going to have a turkey. She's going to have a ham. She's going to have the entire full spread. And my choices are going to come down to this. I'm going to eat the turkey. I'm not going to have the ham. The reason I'm going to do that is because of the sodium content of the ham itself. Turkey, even if it's brined, even if it's been basted in the oven for a long period of time, or even deep fried, the sodium content of turkey breast is going to be less than half of that of anything ham related. Ham by nature needs to be salted and dried in order to for it to become ham. Otherwise it's a, I'm not 100% certain if it's a total pork loin, but it's going to have more of a pork chop kind of taste if it's not been converted to ham. So the salt content alone is what's going to steer me away from that. Uh, so I'm going to pick turkey as my main dish. And then from that, I'm going to shoot for the singular vegetables. I'm going to look for the bowl full of corn, or I'm going to look for the bowl full of uh, string beans. I'm going to look for the bowl full of broccoli or asparagus. I'm going to look for something that's just that thing. I'm going to try to steer as far away from anything ending in the word casserole as I can. Because if you listen to the last show, I'm, I'm not a huge fan of what I call food conglomerates or or things that had to be combined together to make a certain food. And that would, that would be your lasagnas, most pasta dishes. Uh, again, anything ending in casserole typically is going to have that. You're going to get more of a mayonnaise kind of base. You have a lot of breadcrumbs, a lot of unnecessary fats, not to mention whatever was the initial ingredient, whether it was chicken or broccoli or sweet potatoes and marshmallow and brown sugar. Uh, I will take a f- picture of that for everybody because it's absolutely amazing. But that'll be on next week's show and not this one. I'll give you a, uh, an actual picture of my spread. Um, so I'm going to steer towards the singular vegetables. That way I've got my turkey uh, and I've got an entire plate full of actual real food uh, divided You know, kind of like when you were five and you didn't want your foods to touch uh, I'm going to have a turkey on one side, and we'll have all the veggies kind of spread out amongst the plate on their own self. Um, and, and past that, as I continue to move through the line and I'm looking at the next stuff, I'm going to try to take a look. Mom always makes just the most fabulous cornbread and rolls ever. And what I'm going to do with that is I'm going to limit myself on the roll intake. I'm not going to not eat it because I know me. If I choose to say I'm going to be good and I'm just going to avoid this altogether, I'm going to end up going back about three hours later after I come back from the other meal, and I'm going to say, oh, look, there's a giant pan full of rolls. I think I'm going to have all of those. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to pick one or the other, and I'm going to put it on the plate, and then that's pretty much going to be what I do. So I've got a full plate full of actual meat and veggies mixed in with just a single roll. That's it. There's nothing special, nothing crazy, and I guarantee you my calorie content on that meal is going to be less than half of anything else that's going to be out there, and it's very simple to do. So again, what I'm going to be doing is I'm going to grab the turkey and not the ham. I'm going to go with my single vegetables, no casseroles, and I'm going to limit my roll intake. That's how my Thanksgiving plate's going to go. But Michael, what about dessert? I actually wrote that question in there because I guarantee you, everybody was like, "Well, there's a lot of pies and and cakes and cookies and cool stuff like that." I'm gonna pick my absolute favorite dessert of all time, and that is pecan pie. It is the absolute best pie in the world. It's it's eggs and sugar, and I think they threw some nuts in there just to, so it wouldn't just be called eggs and sugar pie. It's the greatest substance known to man. So I'm gonna have a piece of pie, and that's gonna be my dessert. And that's where my rules are going to start to set in. I'm going to pick a dessert, and I'm not going to graze from the trays of food that's there. I'm going to pick one. I'm going to get a good, healthy slice of it, and I'm going to be done. I'm not going to allow myself to take itty-bitty slices of a ton of different things to think, okay, I had a little bit of this and a little bit of that. That's got to be better than gorging on this or this or this. It, it's a huge mistake to think that grazing is going to win when it comes to Thanksgiving. You cannot get it done that way. You have to go in in attack mode and say, "I'm going to do, you know these these five foods. I'm going to go pick these five, and I'm got to be done." Do not pick and graze. Go and choose what you want to do. Eat it and be done. And the only other rule that I'm really going to practice on this one is seconds are not allowed. There is no sense in the world for me to get back up and go and redo that plate again. I may want to. It may be something that is just going to be really, really tough, but I'm going to have to just say no. And a lot of that comes from the fact that I know within a three to five hour span, I'm going to be presented with the exact same meal again when I go to my grandparents' house. And if you actually added all that up, the Thanksgiving meal ends up being, Thanksgiving day rather, would end up being 2,500 to 3,000 calories just for those two meals alone. That's insanity. Not to mention the fact that you're going to have all these other times during that day to break one of the rules, which is to graze. Because once the meal's done, it's just going to be sitting there. And I know you're like me. You're going to get up at at 10 p.m. after you've had that nice long nap and go, hey, half that pie is still there. I really want that pie, but you got to find a way to you got to find a way to resist that, guys. I'm sorry, it's just it's a hard day. But if you can go with those rules, it's going to be a little bit better. And so again, try to make the day as normal and mundane as you can with the time that you have. For me, that's early morning exercise. Like I said, I'll get up and I'm going to go run the race, and then when I get to my first Thanksgiving meal. I'm going to start to attack it based on the foods I know I want to eat. I'm not going to graze. I'm going to go in, load my plate, be done, and not allow myself to go back up for seconds. One plate is all I'm going to need. And then from that point, that meal is done. It's over. And that, that's my attack plan for the first meal of Thanksgiving. And when I go to a second meal, if I'm full, I'm just not going to eat. I may offend some people, but I guarantee you if you're like me, everybody that goes to these massive family events, they know that you're going to have to eat more than one meal on occasion. You know, we're dealing with a lot of blended families these days, so it's, it's not uncommon to say this is my second of four stops that I'm going to make to visit people today. You don't have to eat. It, it's not an obligatory thing. I guarantee your grandmother will not cry just because you decided you didn't want to eat. All you have to do is say, it, it, look, I ate 3 hours earlier, I'm stuffed. I don't want to eat anymore. But you're going to have to make that decision. And I highly recommend that you do. You will thank yourself come Friday when you decide that Thanksgiving should also be on Friday. It's not. It Friday is is not. Friday's back on the wagon day. Even though I don't know if anybody knows this, the most interesting fact, Friday is the day That pizza is consumed the absolute most as the day after Thanksgiving. Pizza, I'll have to throw that stat up. I read that last year because we were going out to eat pizza at the time. Um, It's the most consumed food on the Friday after Thanksgiving. Just FYI, uh, so you guys can uh, take that one home with you. Anyway, that is Michael Bayes' game plan going forward for Thanksgiving. And I, again, you're going to hear that a thousand times, but this is, this is one of those big steps. This is the day in the eight weeks. You can give yourself a, a meal off. You might even be able to get away with a second meal off. And, and I'm talking off diet at that point. You cannot allow this to transfer into a second, third, fourth, or even fifth day issue. At the core of it, Thanksgiving is one meal, on a Thursday. You have to hit it from that aspect. It is not Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. It is just a single meal. And I understand it's not as far as your ability to to visit with family. But you have to start exercising some amount of control when it comes to this stuff. You can't just say I'm going to quit and pick it up again on Monday and then I'm just going to I'll be really back on the wagon then. It's not good enough this time, guys. You're going to have to exercise some self-control. You're going to have to be a grown-up. You may have to make some people angry when it comes to it. It's going to be necessary for you to behave if you want to enter January better than you ever have. And if you use those principles, if you use the tips that, you know, I'm doing with mine, it's going to help you that much more. I'll post these up on the site so you guys can take a look at it. Uh, They're very simple, uh, easy rules. Uh, You know, tattoo them on your forehead if you want to. Uh, so that you can, every time you take a look at the mirror, you know what not to do for this coming Thursday. Uh, and that, that's, that will conclude my, my Thanksgiving rant. Uh, if you have any questions on Thanksgiving, uh, feel free to email me at mbays at or head over to michaelbays.com and, and shoot, me, shoot me a picture of your Thanksgiving meal. I think that would be fun. Uh, I will upload a picture of mine as well. Uh, I'll try to write an article about it. Uh, and and give you a a broken down diagram of my actual stuff that went in. But uh, it'd be kind of fun to see what you guys are eating as well. So feel free to go ahead and shoot that over to me. And this being, uh, you know, the second week of the Get Fit Before You Get Fat Challenge, you guys are presented with a very big test. I want to see what you guys can do. Uh, Feel free to uh, write me anything that you want as far as questions regarding Thanksgiving up until that time. Uh, or if I have any other tips and tricks, i will be happy to share them with you. Or if there's anything you really want to know, uh, feel free to drop me a line there, and I'll be more than happy to answer it as best I know how. So good luck out there on Thanksgiving. Um, go run a race. Try to try to curb the appetite a little bit, and uh, but enjoy yourself as well. Now, after last week's show, I got a fantastic response Of some of the questions that you guys wanted to hear me answer, Um, whether that was from just my point of view, my my vast array of (laughs) training knowledge, which I have to chuckle at a little bit because sometimes even I question what I do on a daily basis. You want to hear a little bit more about what I have to think about certain subjects or what I know, my experience going forward from everything that has happened in the past decade or so. Uh, I answered a few questions last week. If you want to catch those, uh, go download the other show and uh, listen to those. Feel free. I've got a few of them this week. And actually, the first one is going to tie into a lot of what I just got done talking about Thanksgiving-wise. And I'll show you how that kind of meshes together. Uh, The question actually comes from one of my Atlas clients based out of Kentucky. Her name is Heather. And I I won't mention last names because I'm sure she doesn't want all kinds of fun extra fan mail when it comes to that, but the question is, what is the best approach to get back on a fitness program or a diet after you've had an injury, after you've had, we'll call it a life event, um, or just a long, lazy layoff, or basically anything that's going to get you off your wagon for an extended period of time? What are the best steps to rehabbing your injury and getting back in the saddle? And this is gonna this is gonna be a very in depth question because depending on the type of event that happened is gonna steer you more towards where you need to go. Let's take the first part of that question. If you've had an injury, let's say you've had a broken bone, you've had a torn ligament, you've had something fairly traumatic that has actually sidelined you to where you've been walking on crutches or you've had to uh, you know have some bed rest for six to eight weeks, something along those lines. Um, What's the best step to getting going forward? The first thing I'm going to say past your actual doctor's advice of if you've had to deal with any kind of physical therapy, I'm taking this from the angle of you are now getting ready to get back into the swing of a normal fitness routine. And that's that, that's the only way I'm going to be able to answer that because PT is going to be something a little bit different Um Physical therapy was going to take you through the most basic ways to move, whatever it may be. If it's a shoulder, it's going to teach you the basic way to lift your arm up and down again. When you come to me wanting to get back into a program or when you're wanting to start this on your own again, it's more along the lines of the best way, the best way I can say to attack it is find the best moves to help mimic what you're wanting to do with it in the long run. And what I mean by that is let's, let's take a shoulder. Actually, let's take a knee. I've got a lot more experience where, where knees are involved. What you're looking to do is you want to rehab your knee in such a way as to get back those motions that you had done before. Let's say you were a marathon runner. You're going to want to focus a lot more on the basic motions around running, It doesn't mean that you're going to work on any agility work. It doesn't mean that you're going to need to work on that type of ancillary motion. I would say it needs to be based on, if you're a marathon runner, your core motion is running. It's running up and down, on a road, on a treadmill, or anything along the like. So my my ancillary approach to that would be uh, doing exercises that help support that actual motion. And it could be something as simple as taking your treadmill and not just walking on it, but uh, recruit some extra muscle fiber by uh, inclining the treadmill up a little bit, so you're going to be able to activate some of the quad muscle tissue a little bit more uh, to possibly help strengthen the knee up just a little bit um, a little bit more than what it would on a flat surface. Uh, that's probably my first step going forward after that traumatic type of injury. It's something to, and that kind of goes for anything, you want to do the most basic form of the motion that you're trying to get back, but also you want to activate extra muscle on top of that. So anything you can do to assist in that is going to be a little bit better. So you know, walking on an incline treadmill for the knee injury. If it was the shoulder, it would be not just lifting the shoulder up, on the levels that you're looking to do, but adding very minimal amounts of resistance to that as well so that that muscle tissue can fire a little bit better. And it's important after having those injuries, and I know that, guys, I know that's extremely general when it comes to it, but it, you know, I could go on all night about specific injuries and ways to rehab them. Um, but the blanket statements that are going to go over are you need to reestablish your lifting patterns, or your cardiovascular patterns i'm going to go off on a limb and say that no matter what your cardiovascular uh, endurance and your ability to do that work is going to be much more important than your ability to do any ancillary weight exercise or any uh, strength training and resistance and i'm not saying that strength training and resistance is not important I'm saying that blood flow to certain areas that have been injured is much more important because that's going to help. Uh, engorging the muscle with with blood is going to help it move smoother. It's going to help get it back to that normal range of motion. Take your knee, for instance. When you walk again and again and again, you're, you're rehabbing that knee by taking it through that normal range of motion. You don't have to do a squat or a lunge to rehab and learn how to walk in order to learn how to rewalk you have to actually walk and that's why things like those high incline walks and things uh, they're going to be like that will give you that extra bonus so that that's your broad spectrum right there uh, getting back into your normal lifting pattern is key and the reason that is more key than just a physical it's It's the mental aspect. It's the psychology of what's happening. You've been psychologically damaged if you've had any kind of a traumatic injury that's caused you to lay off. That's actually going to be the more dominant thing you're going to have to fight. And that's also why reestablishing that physical uh, strength training or cardiovascular pattern that you had before your injury is so important. If If you hurt your leg in a run, you're going to be scared to run. If you hurt your knee doing a leg exercise, you're going to be scared to do that exercise. If you hurt your shoulder, so on and so forth. Human beings are deathly afraid to redo – we're so afraid of pain again that we'll shy away from doing anything. And the faster you can get back to doing whatever motion broke you to begin with, unless it was something, a complete freak accident like a, a car wreck, unless you can get back to doing that same set of motions or that same lifting pattern, you are psychologically not going to be able to get yourself back into working order. So it's it, it really is a very distinct mixture between Physically doing the motion and psychologically allowing yourself to get back to that point. If it's a shoulder press above the head, I would recommend that the moment you are cleared from the doctor and the PT, you get back to pushing stuff up over your head. It has absolutely nothing to do with you wanting to get that muscle back to the way it used to look before. It has everything to do with your comfort level in moving your arm over your head. It is so much more of a psychological game than a physical. And those end up, they flip-flop somewhere in that, that rehab process, or there has to be a better word than rehabilitation because the muscle can do the work. It's almost mind rehabilitation at that point. It's allowing yourself to believe that doing whatever motion broke you will not break you again. And the sooner you can get back to that pattern, the better you're going to be. Uh, you are probably going to be dealing with something, depending on how traumatic it was, within about two to five or six times of repeating that actual uh, that actual motion. Uh, myself, for instance, I had a back injury uh, about 10 years ago. I herniated L3, L4, and L5 on my back. Those are the lower lumbar discs. Uh, they're full herniation, and it's been that way ever since. It, once I was healthy enough and the, the muscle spasm stopped and all, all the pain subsided, psychologically doing the motion that, that hurt my back, which was a barbell squat, I almost couldn't get over that. I didn't allow myself to do it. Having to work back into that process after a few successful times of taking lightweight or just doing body weight motion and doing that without re injuring myself. I gained confidence. It's like just gaining traction in anything else. And it took, uh, you know, if I measured doing legs once a week, it took a good six to about six to eight weeks of doing the motion to become comfortable with even attempting it without just being terrified I'm going to to hurt myself again. And, And that process is with anybody and everybody. Some will take six weeks and some may never get it back. But if you don't allow yourself to try that, it will not work more than anything else. So that's a lot on the injury side. I highly recommend the soonest, and just to reiterate it, the soonest you're able to get back into the gym and start working that part, you need to do so. And that's less from the physical and that's more from the psychological. Um, Moving on, if it's from a a life event um, or just a generalized layoff, the first tip to getting back onto it is... the. You have to know if you have the desire to get back onto it. Uh, about six months ago, I ended up in the hospital uh, with a fantastic bacteria. Uh, don't know where I got it from, and it liquefied my insides, and it was probably the the worst thing that's ever really happened. I lost 27 pounds in five days and was laid up. And it, it, We're not going to get to all the gross stuff that, that ended up happening with it, but I'm going to call that a life event and a layoff because – I did not care about working out. I could not move. I, I just wanted to lay still and just rest. And if I had allowed that to continue, I could have gone down the path where I didn't want to get back in the gym. I didn't want to work out. I had to have that desire to get back up and get myself back into the swing of things. And to do that, I don't know if it... I don't know if a lot of people will say that in a given show. That's that's a decent that's a decent tangent. I don't know the real answer to that part of the question. You know, what do you do when you've had a life event or or a layoff if you don't have the desire to get back, I don't think I can give you a list of tips that are going to help you rediscover that passion. I don't I don't think anybody would be able to do that. It has to come from inside. And injury is one thing. You know, that's something that that acutely happened. We can fix that. But even that comes with the desire. If you don't want to get better, if you don't want to start this process of getting yourself back in shape, it's just not going to happen. You can't invent things like that. And I I can't do that for you. As a trainer, uh, you know, a lot of people will come to me and And they'll say, you know, I want you to make me work out. Well, I can do that, but I can't make you want to get in better shape. I can control you for an hour a day, two to three times a week. You've got 23 more hours to to decide that you don't want to do that and completely mess it up. You have to have that initial passion to want to get better or or get your life back first. And I I really wish I knew uh, I wish I knew a better reason or a better way to help instill that passion, to get that desire to want to start working out again. But I mean that, that has to be a given. So it will, we'll, you know, we'll detangent that back, and we'll come back and say, okay, let's assume, for argument's sake, that you want to do this. What's the first step to getting back on after that life event? And honestly, that's first admitting that when you go back. You are not going to be able to do squat. I got out of the hospital. I went back into the gym. I'm a guy that's used to lifting 100 pound dumbbells. um, And I'm squatting, you know, multiple hundreds of pounds. I was curling seven and a half pound dumbbells three times and I had to sit down and go home. That is absolutely not a lie. My training partner was there with me at the time. I think I did three curls and I sat down and said, okay, you need to drive me back now. I actually, uh, I, I want to go back to bed. But, but you, have to, you have to get back in and start. And it's the same idea as far as the injury goes. You have to go back in and actually just begin doing what you used to do. If you do things a certain way for a certain period of time, you will end up becoming that way. So if you used to lift 100 pounds and now you can't, you have to start at the bottom, you just start back where you began. You lift for a set of 10, and then you mark it down, and you come back next week, and you try to lift a little bit more. It's just repeating those same patterns. Uh, Don't uh, show three, show two, show whichever it is. Uh, I'll look on that. I'll put a show note on there. Uh, The steps uh, to getting into a fitness routine. There are four steps that I listed. That's a great way to actually start that. Get back on, and that applies to anything. Those are the four major steps. Whether it's been an injury or you've just been lazy and don't want to do anything, those four steps are the best way to begin your fitness routine. I think that's a that's a worthwhile thing no matter how you've been injured or lazy or any of the other going forward. It felt like a lot of rambling, but it, I imagine when I listen to this again it's going to sound really intelligent because John is amazing and he's turned around in his chair looking at me for a while now so that must mean that I've rambled. And yeah. So, but anyway, those steps are what I would recommend to go forward and... Okay. <laughs> it sounded good to me. Now, let's let, let's take a... Let's lighten it up just a little bit and something is to be a little bit... Uh, a briefer answer to a question. Um, and this actually was one I heard tonight uh, from a client who wanted to know what the difference between eating healthy or eating for physique change was. And... A lot of people like to think, well, I eat this; it's a healthy thing. Um, and well, why am I not losing weight? Why am I not losing body fat? It, it it's healthy; it's it's good for you. There's a major distinction between those two: eating something that's healthy for you, uh, that the body looks at as good, or will yield good results inside of you, may not give you better results outside of you or your actual physical composition. And the difference between that typically lies in the amount of energy that food is giving you. And the, the food in question was actually black beans versus broccoli. Uh, black beans are a very healthy, um, very healthy nutrient, lots of complex carbohydrates. They get in the body, they provide ample amounts of energy, and they're very slow digesting, good fiber, great. Eating a lot of black beans is not going to help you drop your body fat nine times out of ten. And the reason is it provides, and I'm using black beans as the example, uh, this could be any kind of complex carbohydrate that is ingested in decent amounts. It provides too much external energy to the body. If you put that much good energy in the body, your body has no reason to pull from its own stores. It does, but the amount of training you will have to do to help push that along the uh, down the road is, is just far too much. So what what's happening is you're in a constant cycle of feeding healthy things to the body. It provides enough energy. You do some work. It burns off the energy you provided, but it has no reason to go and pull those stores from uh, the love handle region or um, the legs and glutes and things like that. So that's where the healthy part of it gets confused with foods that change your physique. Broccoli, asparagus, and most of your green vegetables are also very healthy things, but they do not provide as much actual energy for the body to pull. They provide great amounts of nutrients, lots of vitamins, lots of minerals, lots of other great intangibles that when they go in, they they slow down the digestion process, lots of good fiber. But without that extra abundance of energy that goes in, your body is then having to draw in from its own stores to help perform that work. And that's where you're going to notice the majority of your physical changes that need to happen. So, I mean, and that I'll try to work together a list. I end up promising tons of lists that I'm trying to get together for you guys of, of foods that are healthy. And I will also get together foods that when you eat them will produce less body fat over time. So I'll put those together and you could take a look because you can eat foods that are healthy but may not make you look better naked. Um, but that is... Nine times out of ten, they all have a common factor, and I'll try to write that up for you. But you can eat foods that are healthy all day long, but they're not necessarily going to change the way you look. But there are foods that you are going to change the way you look if you just do these kinds right here. Uh, So that was a simpler question. that uh, I heard that one tonight. It was kind of fun. And it was – I hear it a lot because it's just a point of confusion more or less than anything else. But, you know, once you get it down and once you understand the differences in that, it's an easier thing to do long term for you. So that's a few questions that I got from you guys this week. Feel free, again, to write me as many of these as you want. I'm thinking of, and this is going to be a little bit later, a little bit later in the year. After we've got through all these really hard times from Thanksgiving and and Christmas and your parties and all that fun stuff you guys get to do, we're going to do a, a big question and answer series that's going to get you ready for the new year. So if you've got any questions about some things that you're thinking about, you want to start trying, uh, whether it's, uh, you know, I've already addressed CrossFit and some of the other workouts, but, uh, if you have a product that you've taken a look at juice plus Mona V, uh, Advocare or it, it, paleo diet, any, any of that kind of stuff that you guys want to throw out there, um, I would love to answer some questions about that and kind of get you prepped for what you're going to do in the new year. Uh, And that's coming up. It's a little bit further down the road, but feel free to to ask those questions as well. I absolutely love being able to get on here and and spread my opinion on the whole thing. Anyway, that is going to do it for tonight's show, guys. I, I hope everybody has a wonderful Thanksgiving. Give yourself some good food. Enjoy the day. But remember that it is just a day. It is not a four-day time period going forward. It is just one. Realistically, it's one meal, but I'm going to give you the whole day. Eat some good food, but make a plan. Uh, take my rules, post them up. Like I said, tattoo them on your forehead and look in the mirror every single time. and That way you don't completely mess it up. If you have any questions, feel free to head over to michaelbays.com. Uh Hit me up on the contact page. Post a question in the forums. Or whatever it is you like, uh, feel free to take a look and download some of the older episodes, and and listen to some of my absolute fantastic rantings on uh, fitness and, and a lot of other things. And listen to the show with with John about tapioca. I've gotten more comment. I've actually gotten more comments on that show, I think, than than anything else. Anyway, next week I got a treat for you. I know I promised it a while back, but we are going to have one of my favorite personal trainers, uh, Drew Logan. He'll be on the show. We're going to do an interview with him uh, about what he's doing out on the West Coast and his experiences in life and in fitness. And I mean, he's been my inspiration for doing this. We'll have him on the show next week, and you guys can hear about the the guy that taught me how to do what I do. And uh, we've got a few other fun things. But anyway, enjoy your Thanksgiving, everybody, and. That's a wrap.